0: Buses don't run in holidays. So they do,
1: but it changes up the schedules, and I didn't feel like sitting out in the cold for an extra 10 minutes to go directly to the gym. So instead, I came home and decided to go for a run. And I've got this route that I run, and it's about a third—well, in fact, it is exactly a 32 to 35-minute route. I know because I always play Run the Jewels 1 on it, and it is the perfect length. The perfect length. I start it when I get going, and I, I hit the end right when I get back, and I decided to expand my route today. So I, I went like an extra mile and a half, added another 10, 15 minutes to my run, and I was feeling pretty good. I got back, and uh, I went and I got some tacos because, you know, you need dinner, and dinner is tacos are pretty good dinner. And on my way back, I ran into an old neighbor of mine. And I just want to tell you a little bit about this guy because I'm not sure I ever have. This dude, um, I don't know if I should say his name. He's an artist by trade, like, but but he manages the building that I used to live in he, and is kind of their maintenance guy. But what he does as an artist... Do you mean the one, the one that's just
2: on the other yeah, side? Yeah, that mom? guy. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know the guy, but I'm just talking yeah, about
1: yeah. It. It It was that that place. place. So that guy lives there and has for the past like five years. And he's an artist. But what he draws specifically is he is like, it's hilarious. He's the most pandering motherfucker. Because what he does is he buys comic book covers, like blank comic book covers. So like it has the X-Men thing across the top, but then just an empty space where you can draw whatever you want. And then he takes the female characters, makes them super busty and naked and puts them on those covers and then sells them and the dude is pulling in like upwards of 150 bucks a print doing this and like most oh, most of them are yeah. just sketches so i was i was walking back with my tacos and ran into him and you know immediately after after a 45 minute run what you really want is a cigarette so he bummed me one um, i'm not going to make <sighs> any bones about the fact that i still have a bad habit of smoking when i'm around smokers and he showed me
2: yeah, don't make any bones. No bugs. bones
1: about it. And he showed me his one of his latest works, which was kind of hilarious. He took a Walking Dead cover and then drew, like, a wet t-shirt version of the girl from The Ring with massive boobs. <laughs> it was great. That's
2: it was pretty good. The girl. Why were those things combined? Because
1: The Walking Dead zombie horror and The Ring zombie horror and tits. Oh. Tits. Okay. <laughs>
2: oh, you, oh, wanted yeah, to say that. Boobs, boobs, boobs. Uh, I
1: mean, where else would <laughs> okay. you put the ring? There's no ring comic book long. Now I understand. Yeah, yeah. Understand. Boobs everywhere. That, that's that been like the highlight of my day. How about you guys? What's been up with you guys? Actually, hold on. Guys. Whoa. This is the first show we've done for this year. This is the first sounding board of 2016.
2: Holy shit, what year is it? What year is it? <laughs> 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 just let it hang. For we have been doing this show for, for for
0: over a, a year, though.
1: For pretty much a year, yeah, just a, like over a year, technically, with a couple yeah. gaps. I think this is like episode forty-three <laughs> or so, something like that. Not counting all the special oh, edition yeah. bullshit that we did. So, hey, hello, hi, and welcome back to the sounding board for a new year with new developments, new ideas, and a social media presence. But we'll get to that woohoo it took us it took so
2: us long. so long
1: <laughs> i'm josh Mittline.
2: i'm the voice i think last last year we were just like being intentionally absurd yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so now we can, any anyone so we who comes can build
2: in, like this very 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 small fan we base get the that'll, street. Get to, right. like, hipster, that'll get like the hipster the fuck anyone out of
1: it who who comes and joins us now <laughs> has a year worth of podcasts that they can go listen to it's perfect I know that when I adopt a new podcast, I really like to go back and listen to their
2: entire catalog. And you should, too. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, sometimes, if it has, like, 600 episodes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I did... This podcast has been on for seven years. All right, let's start. I I
1: actually did do that for one podcast because I needed something to listen to at the gym for a year and a half.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's
2: that wasn't no music? video
1: games it was great you don't listen to um so guys i'm josh mitlon i'm the voice of the sounding board with me as always <laughs> is camden taylor the hair of the sound- sounding hey. board
2: <laughs> thanks and uh let me guess okay what Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what's ted oh and uh over here in a lovely <laughs> outfit and and hair that is even cooler than mine is uh, Ted Hooker, the beard of the, the sounding board. The
1: beard of the sounding board. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, all right. So we got a voice, a beard,
2: and okay. hair. That's all we need. We're a hipster, yeah. motherfucker. It's
0: almost a full face.
2: Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's certainly the outline of a face. Yeah. Well, welcome outline back, guys. And the sustenance. I mean, you can, yeah. Welcome back. Mm-hmm.
1: So so good to oh, see yeah.
2: your your smiling face, back. Camden, and your good to be back here in the uh, in the studio. the board sounding studios. board studios. <laughs> TM copyright uh, prestigious. Uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. And and Ted, good to see your pippy Longstockings stockings cosplay. I assume that's oh, what it welcome.
0: is. Uh, it's the slutty pippy. Oh, okay, yes. So, You've got to so, include the important. So part. so I'm things there.
1: that don't play for radio. Ted's uh, Ted does not have. A camera so we can't actually see him currently. And instead we just have a picture of him dressed as slutty pippy long stockings, and let me tell you, he <laughs> rocks it. I may have to put it in the show notes later.
0: Oh, it's important. I, I have you know, the the image if you, you know want
1: it. let's let's send that to let's send that to, it, let's, send that, let's send that to Joey. Let's send that to Joey and have it put on the official sounding board Instagram. Ba, ba,
2: ba. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you guys been? What's Hey, have you have you guys have you guys heard about this thing called Instagram? <laughs> and uh, apparently, there's all these other so, things so out there. I, I, like, I didn't hear about a, Instagram. One about Tumblr, but I heard about Instagram
1: <laughs> Prinstagram.
2: Prinstagram. Yeah, Prinstagram. I, I, I t- that was a that. news story weeks and weeks ago. I oh, I know. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Your Prince, your Prince news goes in one year. <laughs> reasonable. You gonna make it in in a year for me. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know about reasonable. Prince is a weird guy, and it's kind of funny to follow what he does. But I don't have any Prince news this week. Thank God. Who's Prince? The uh, the the king of pop, Prince.
0: But I thought he was a prince.
1: No, no, he's the king of pop, Prince. Yeah, you mean Wait, the Prince, prince of pop. is
0: the king of pop?
1: He, he,
2: you can't be a prince and a sense. king. That's just crazy. He's, he's, He's King Prince. Oh my,
1: what are you on? The Earl of Pop. He lives on the Neverland Ranch.
2: And he's an Earl. (laughs) He's
1: like every rank in the book, man. Have you seen that blouse? All right.
2: I am not following. This is so much how this guy works. Guys,
1: (laughs) enough about Prince. I can talk about him all day, but I know that you guys have limited patience for Prince. Let's talk about you. Ted, what have you been up to? You, I mean, you stopped in over <laughs> we're over much Christmas. Much more
2: interesting than Prince.
1: <laughs> you stopped in over Christmas, and then you continued driving down to California, where you're setting up a new life. And I, what's going on, man?
0: Well, now that I've escaped as a convict and I'm setting up my new life and my new identity here in Old People Town, Monterey, California, um, I'm just living down here, hanging out with my grandmother. Um, Haven't really done anything (laughs) yet. I had a nice, wonderful drive.
2: Um, You started a new career as a maid. I started
0: a new career as a maid and a groundskeeper. Um, I wanted to hang out around the house to help my grandmother because she's older now. Uh, And so I'm probably going to get another job at some point, but I have to make money because I'm poor. Um, So I'm taking over my grandmother's maid position and, uh like grounds keeping position essentially it's gonna be really exciting <laughs> um, but yeah I I love Monterey it's a beautiful town it's filled with really rich old white people um, which is weird and it's warm-ish all year round or warmer than Fairbanks um, nothing to say really I just had a really nice break with uh, with Lita. Because she drove down with me. We stopped in Seattle for a while, which was awesome. Hung out with Josh and Claire and then my other friends in Seattle. And then just kind of moseyed our way down. Yeah, you cleaned
1: our apartment when out. you left that morning. It was weird. I came home to a totally, like, clean apartment. And I was like, wow, uh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm a really good house guest i guess i don't like leaving places messier than when i get there (laughs) so
1: all right well i mean if you don't have any more stories for me we're gonna move on
0: that's reasonable i wish i did uh nothing of note really just listening to a lot of music okay hanging out in my house okay
1: your your homework is to do some exciting shit
0: Oh, I've watched good movies. That's
1: not exciting shit. I, I mean, if you—it's really oh yeah, exciting, all right. If actually. you want to tell me about a movie or two, we do we want to have like a Star Wars discussion on this podcast? I mean, every other podcast is doing it. Do we want to be part of the crowd?
2: Isn't it too it's, late it really now? It's too late for it's Star, Star Wars. Wars. That's too late for Star, Star Wars. Star
0: Wars was dope, guys. There, Star Wars done. It was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty alright with it. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought it was good. I hope the next one will be less uh, pandering, but you know it still yeah, like, the sort of like yeah. the pandering. It was still dope.
1: The pandering all kind of worked. Like I, I, I was yeah. in this really weird headspace where I was like, I can tell that they're doing these because they, they like, they know that showing me that this character lives in a fucking at will make me go,
2: yeah, ATAT 80,
1: 80, uh,
2: I remember that. Yeah. That's every two minutes. I remember that thing.
1: So, so, so they like, I knew that they knew that that would be my reaction and it was very deliberate, but at the same time, that was still my reaction.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. They did a good job because I was like, I know this is a nostalgia fest, but I'm about to cry. It was one of those stupid sort of combinations. I don't know. I, uh, I normally get irritated when they're forcing nostalgia on you, but I thought they yeah, did a great I job. Think, I
2: think I was, yeah, I thought it was it was good, but I think that might have bothered me a little more than it bothered it, you
0: well, guys. It definitely bothered yeah, me. Yeah, it
2: not, definitely uh, bothered me, but I, I, I also
1: thought that as a movie, like, the thing is, I was talking with a friend of mine about it, and he said something that really stuck with me. J.J. J. Abrams is not an artist, but he is a craftsman. Yeah. Definitely. He he's not breaking new ground, but he is doing good, good work with an established franchise in an established formula, and you still enjoy it. Even though he's not yeah. he's not revolutionizing a, a damn thing.
0: I think it was it was a little too much of an exact repeat of episode four, but I, I know why he did that and I'm hoping that the next episode will be Way way less than that.
1: the only part of it that I found kind of unforgivable was that it was another Death Star.
0: Yeah, that, that was, was so yeah, dumb. That was dumb like, as I was, fuck. I was. That yeah. was definitely the one part where I was like, really? Like, guys? who
1: greenlit that? Like,
2: what writers' room though?
0: What writers' yeah. room do they?
2: That was so do, stupid. I would have been
0: happier if they fucking that... changed the shape even. Like, <laughs> just just a, a giant floating right, maybe. triangle. It was a fucking Death Cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a Death Pyramid. Yeah, death cylinder, yeah, death just out of out of a badass, with a big
1: yeah. old eye in the middle that the laser Idea shoots out of, right? Sweet. Like super Illuminati shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. I cheesy. mean, but this time, this time it is a uh, more Planet. environmentally conscious <laughs> solar-powered Death Star. <laughs> they, you know, every tree they cut down, they plant it
0: again on the Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I, I, I just wonder, like. Was that something that there was any sort of debate or fight over? Or did everyone there just say, oh, yeah, another Death Star?
0: Yeah, no, that makes hey, sense.
2: Hey,
1: if it ain't, ain't broke, don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it, it's a proven model. It worked point. in episode four. It worked in episode six.
2: <laughs> Boom. Proven. It yeah. works
1: in episode seven. It'll probably work in episode nine. <laughs> yeah, we'll
2: have a, a last
1: one in episode I really five. hope it's a death, yeah, like a, a pyramid, head. though. I, re- I really hope it's a giant flying pyramid. Yeah, that would be cool.
0: They just have a moment of yeah, like, guys, shape. this shit's shape. broken too many times. We have to change it's it. It's got to be more structurally yeah.
1: sound.
2: <laughs> less less openings. No, all the uh, Death Star engineers are just like, oh, that didn't work. Let's make it ten times bigger. that's
0: yeah, literally all well
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's all they do. I mean, I mean realistically, <laughs>
1: like, I'm not mad at the death star engineers in that movie because you you think about what they did to blow that death star up they approached a planet at light speed like light speed the the actual if you think about it the actual window between getting through whatever dumb shield they had that they had to approach at light speed and like flipping off the the switch so you don't plant your spaceship firmly in the center of that planet would be like
0: i don't know science fiction or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a job you give I totally it's a job you saying. give
1: to a computer not a wookiee. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hmm.
0: So That's racist. Uh, yeah. Wookiees are people racist. too, Josh. I didn't say you give it to
1: a person. <laughs> I think that's like carbon-based <laughs> life form Do
0: you say carbon-based or Yeah, Star Wars.
1: I said I said carbon-based.
0: I wish it was carpet, carpet based. <laughs> Wookiees are carpet
1: based. Well, life they forms. are carbon based life forms. I mean, they're not, you know, everyone, a silicone based.
2: Every... No, they're carpet, carpet. carpet <laughs> they, based. They are kind of that too, though. Yeah, they. Yeah,
1: like Wookie's a good shag? I bet, so I bet, I bet, I bet like. Carpets. Yeah. I bet a Wookiee skin would make, like, a pretty good bearskin rug. For sure. <laughs> God damn it. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, it'd make a good Wookiee skin rug. I don't know about a hair skin rug.
1: All I'm saying is that you throw that motherfucker over some speakers, you got some nice shag. Nice. Camden, True what that. the fuck have you been up to, man? True that. What the hmm. fuck have you been up to?
2: I'm sorry, I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry. Um, okay. What the F have you been up to?
2: Oh, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been doing much. I've been on break from school. I just started my, uh, my last semester forever, hopefully. Um, so that's exciting. Only got a few more classes left to take, and then I will be graduated and shit. And then I can go leave and do something weird like TED. I don't know what yet, but...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, right, you're at that point.
2: We'll you're uh, at yeah. that point where I it's not it all figured out yet.
1: Okay. Have you, all right, all right. Did I anything? I have no
2: idea what you just said. <laughs> it's <laughs> coming in so oh, choppy. So oh, great. Oh, terrific. <laughs> <laughs> did... But yes. I'll all right, all right. Did
1: anything awesome happen over your break? What the fuck did you get up to? Where have you been?
2: Uh... I went to Idaho for a little bit.
1: Oh uh-huh, yeah Idaho. yeah. Never did you have there. a baked potato?
2: Yeah. No. I didn't have any potatoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I maybe I did. I, I don't remember. Is that like a big thing? I don't in Idaho? see I see I go there not really. Idaho but, potatoes, <laughs> man. Yeah, but People don't make a big deal out of it. You don't go there go like, oh my god, potatoes! <laughs> I do. Go, go
1: I do every time I've crossed into Idaho. I've gone, oh my god, potatoes! Let's
2: That's go, exactly what I've done. Let's go strolling into in downtown and eat some potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> let's go down to the potato market. <laughs> we got red
1: potatoes, purple potatoes, yellow potatoes.
2: Yeah, they do have. They do have sweet all potatoes. <laughs> they do. They do have like places you can go there where you can get like all kinds of fries made with different potatoes and that kind of shit. Um no, but I just went there to visit my family. Uh, it was kind of an impromptu visit. We were mostly going down to to see my grandma. Cause she thought we thought she was going to be in really bad condition cuz she is also old as fuck <laughs> and uh recently recently fell in her driveway and broke her hip. Oh no. Right, uh, um, but yeah but uh but she was doing pretty well so um yeah so mostly we just uh like we're there and would go hang out with her in the morning and then go you know hang out around town wait <laughs> nothing really exciting happened. i got to see like i don't know it was, it was uh the first time like all my family has been together in a long time i don't know because my sister was there too i haven't she hasn't been to one of those in a while
0: oh cool did
2: you so it was, did it was you, a good time did you
0: see yeah, your uncle <laughs> That's what I was gonna
2: ask. Huh? <laughs> I saw one uncle. The famed, the famed. Yeah, yeah, no, no,
1: no, Uncle Yoachim. Joachim,
0: oh. Oh, Joachim, Joachim. Yeah. Fuck. It's Chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bless me. Did you see him, Camden? Yeah.
1: Did you talk I mean, to him you t- talk about to him? your book? Bu- <laughs> about
2: his book? I. He asked. He asked me if I had read the. If I had read some, and I told him I had read some of it. And uh, was kind of like, you know, it's not really the type of book I'm into. Oh! So if you find someone who, likes oh! Them, I'd to be honest with them. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell him that we made fun <laughs> of it on a podcast. I have but you did promise,
1: uh, you promised me at the end of last year that you would read more of it for this year. We would have more Jo Huchin segments. Sure. Okay.
2: Maybe I feel kind of bad about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. okay, I guess we don't have to.
0: <laughs> I'm so torn because I see. half I'll of see me is, goes. feels I don't bad, know. but the other half we kind of followed up every time with, "Man, he does a good job of doing something none of us would expect."
2: Right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's a hard I, thing to like, do. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm making fun of it, but I know that if he uh, he like heard totally. it, yeah. yeah, that's
0: I could I, I
1: could, really I could understand video. that, yeah. but like I feel like the The feeling that we've had about this book, and even the feeling that Reeves had when he was on there with uh, on here with us, wasn't "oh, this is super shitty." It was the writing is questionable, but I want to see where this goes.
2: Well, you guys haven't even seen the, the writing. Oh, you're right. We've <laughs> o- we've only had it described to us. <laughs> yeah, I'm just describing the story to you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah, we should just start doing it. Yeah. Routines. Yeah, yeah, we can make
1: it a segment. We can make it a recurring 10-minute segment. It'll be great. I we have the power.
2: No, but it was it was actually really funny as well. I was there um when my my dad would he like told uh <laughs> some other members of my family about oh no or, and how he did that and i was just like well he's like well don't tell jeff but they did this and it was really funny and i was like dad is <laughs> telling everyone
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs>
2: why is this i'm yeah, i'm really so glad that little, your dad really likes awkward. it yeah <laughs> yeah he did get a kick out of it
1: Shout outs to Todd, so I guess. He was
2: he would he would, yeah, he would probably be looking he would probably be looking forward to another another edition. <laughs> Todd of the Johuchin Todd, saga. if you
1: want to hear more about the Johuchin saga, email us at soundingboardpodcast at gmail and we'll make something happen. We just we just gotta demonstrate interest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man.
1: Okay. All right. Guys, <clears throat> we've been out of the out of the studio, as it were, for like three fucking weeks. Yeah, like four. Fuck, it's been a while since we've sat down and recorded an episode where we talked about what we've been listening to. So I want to get into it.
2: I haven't listened to anything. Listen fucking to liar! <laughs> you fucking Wait, liar. I gave no. that up for for New Year's. I thought you, I thought this podcast. You was give things up for Lent, music. Ted. See, there's there's way too much music talk on this fucking thing. <laughs> like it's just getting excessive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, we're here, and we got to talk about it. Ted, you explicitly told me, like ten minutes ago, that you listened to a bunch of music, so I want to hear about it. <laughs>
0: What? Yeah, you fucking said it. Our listeners heard it. I really confused for a second. I did, you're right. You did did say that. I did. I can't get away with that shit.
2: I remember that. Uh,
0: Yeah, actually, so most of the break, I just re-listened to a bunch of stuff from 2015 to try and catch myself up on everything, hear what I missed, um, see what things I liked the most, uh, try and build my list. Um, But this past week... I've spent a bunch of time just kind of shuffling through a bunch of other stuff that I haven't listened to yet. Um The first one I'd like to talk about is Erica Badu's album came out or her mixtape, sorry. Um came out in December. Uh and I had no idea really. I haven't spent that much time with Erica Badu, but what I've heard I've always liked. Um this mixtape is called But You Can't Use My Phone. Really great, I'm a big fan. Um, everything
1: is cell phone
2: themed.
0: Everything, yeah, it's all which was it, pretty deep. good.
2: I haven't, I haven't heard all of it she yet. She does today. a fucking heard, great job like...
0: with all the cell, cell phone themes. It
2: gave me some. It gave me some laughs in the first.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like ten minutes. It's of it. great. It's super like... fun. Um, the production is awesome. The, her vocal is are always good. Um, the one that got me specifically was the one I was told to listen to originally. Um, it was It's the outro, um, Hello. It's featuring Andre 3000. Erykah Badu and Andre 3000 were married a while back, and I'm pretty sure they're divorced now. I didn't know that. Oh, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's crazy. But that song was fucking good. It's so good. I've had it stuck in my head all week. Um, Andre 3000 has some fantastic lines that he drops and then he starts singing close to the end which he doesn't do very often i ain't no singer, man fantastic he's a fantastic <laughs> vocalist so that was really exciting i haven't really heard him sing um since i saw fucking the outcast movie um wild which is a great movie as well i love that movie um <clears throat> but hello the outro for uh but you can't use my phone is a fucking perfect song i thought it was a great outro it's super catching um it made me listen to the album more than once and i would highly recommend it to anybody
1: yeah Uh i uh i have a a long abiding love for uh andre 3k or stacks as i call him stacks (laughs) no um I didn't really get into into Outcast until a little later, actually, until um we went to Coachella a couple of years ago. And then I started listening to it and thought it was pretty incredible. Like I was I was really blown away. Uh and then everything about that show Oh my
2: god, the neighbors' kids are screaming so <laughs> loud right now. Everything about that show I sh- don't know if you guys can hear this, but holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God Jesus
1: damn it, like Camden! God damn it! I'm talking it. a little bit. I can I can Sorry. hear a little bit. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, can totally hear hear too. Blood, <laughs> Every,
1: everything about that show just like made me love both of those those performers even more. And and uh, if if I find them on a track, I'll probably give it a listen. Um, That's totally fair, guys. Let's take a quick like two minute break. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back. Tech issues sorted. Crazy children apparently not screaming anymore. Hey, yeah. See
2: if... I, I took care of them.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, God. Camden thug
0: in Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Erica Badu's new mixtape. What else have you been uh, listening to? What's been on your.
2: Eric Eric with, Eric on Bidu. your Zoom,
0: <laughs> Badoo. ha! Nice. You haven't talked about my Zoom. Yeah, what's up, Zune, what's up
2: with the Zoom tunes, man? It's
0: my Zoom is. I don't. I think it's in my car still. I don't know where that <laughs> went. I should probably track it down. The thing is dope. Um, let's see. So I've only got a couple other ones that I've really listened to uh, this week that I want to talk about. The other artist, um, an R and B artist. Named Kalela, or Kalila, or Kel- Kelola, um, put out an album called L- Gym." <laughs> I, I, um, I, I hope it's Kelola. It, I hope uh, it's it Kelola, too. I hope it's Kelola. Way more interesting. Yeah, I hope it's Kal- something I did not say. Well. Kalela. Kalela, Kilola. Um, small mixtape, or not, I'm mixing them up again. Small R&B. album. Um, just b uh-huh. She's got a fantastic voice. Um, and it's just, it's a super quick listen. I think it was about 25, 30 minutes long. Um, if you are in the mood for some smooth vocals and some fantastic female R&B, K-E-L-E-L-A. You know that's called an EP, right? It is an EP. It doesn't say EP anywhere <laughs> okay. on it. Possibly, well, a, possibly
1: an six... LP, depending uh, on on who puts it out. It's yeah. all very
0: confusing okay.
1: to me. Is it an extended would, play or a long play?
2: It's not very long. It's 23 minutes and six songs. Oh, yeah. that, sounds, that
1: sounds like an EP to me. Definitely it yeah. sounds like
0: an EP, but it wasn't written anywhere in the album, and I'm really bad <laughs> at labeling those, so I was just going to hope for the best and hope that no one pointed it out. But no, <laughs> you guys are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> you um, picked the
2: wrong podcast, yeah. motherfucker. Damn it. Um, it's an EP. It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. it's>,
0: yeah. <laughs> that it's makes sense.
2: listed as an EP, yeah.
0: Okay, well, it's a really kick-ass EP. So check it out. I would highly recommend it. The songs are all really spectacular. Good songwriting. Um, really, just kind of smooth transitions between her lines. Um, it caught me. I'll probably listen to it a couple more times. I liked it a lot. And then yeah,
2: I've heard her name come up before, but I've never checked her out. What yeah, was I've, the...
0: a, I've seen it written somewhere, but I've never really dealt with it until now.
2: What was the name yeah.
1: of the
0: EP again? Um, Hallucinogen.
1: Hallucinogen. Okay cool
0: and the artist is k-e-l-e-l-a since you know my pronunciation might be a little off um the other one uh i or there's two more the first of which would be a an israeli shoegaze band they put out an album um i think at the end of the year uh that I checked out. Um, I've checked out two of their albums so far, but the one that I've listened to the most right now is called The World is Well Lost. The Israeli shoegaze band is called V'adad Chachim. V-A-A-D-A-T-C-H-A-R-G-A-R-I-G-I-M. If you like shoegaze, they're really good. If you don't, they're also really good because they're not too in-your-face noisy, but it's still got that really nice, heady sort of sound space um, and uh, the the singing in Hebrew kind of lends itself to shoegaze for me because I I don't speak Hebrew. Um, you just you
1: just want that sort of wall of sound thing going.
0: Sort of. Uh, it could have fooled me. I know. I, I got that Hebrew sort of <sighs> Yeah, know, the, the the,
1: the <laughs> vowel that sounds like you're like swallowing your own tongue.
0: Yeah, that one. Yeah. I'm really good at that one. Um, but I, I like it. Uh, I think it lends to shoegaze because generally the vocals in shoegaze are... Any vocal really is looked at as another instrument, but specifically with shoegaze, they're sort of supposed to be a very sort of back um, back side to the music. You aren't supposed to really think of the vocals first. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think it's really important that you can't quite understand them. Um, sometimes you can, but I, I think it really... so. I think it being in another their language sort of really lends itself to that um, headspace that the lyrics, that you can't really understand, puts you in. Um, super good album. The world is well lost. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, then the very last album I want to mention is one that we all listen to, I hope, I'm pretty sure. Um, it is the last release by David Bowie. Uh, his album Black Star, his, yeah, his pre-mortem, almost post-mortem album, Black Star.
1: <laughs> Two Day Window. Oh man, we're gonna get into that later, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, uh, um, so I'll save that one for later. Uh, but I was pleased to listen to it more than one time.
1: Well, we can talk about it a little bit now if you guys want to. I, I'm still yeah. um, developing my thoughts on it. Really, I have I haven't listened to a lot of Bowie historically, so I'm kind of. Mm-hmm trying to figure it out as I go a little bit. And it's, it's a weird thing because it's like, it is an album that he recorded when he knew he was dying. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. 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 So no, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's weird. Cause I, you know, I, uh, was really anticipating this album because I had, you know, heard the track black star before the album was released. Mm. So it was released as a, as a lead up single. And, um, that song was just so freaking cool. And I was I was like wow this is really interesting like Bowie always does kind of new and weird things he's always like still trying playing around with new sounds and I was like wow this is is actually like some really interesting shit this is like strong. I think I think I think that I think that track in particular is like uh is brilliant yeah um but uh yeah so it yeah it was weird like having that experience like I listened to it when it came out when I was in um uh when Idaho. I was in Idaho. Yeah. And then yeah, after listening to it, like I didn't, you know, I didn't really focus on some of the, the lyrical themes and stuff, which a lot of you know, a lot of which are pretty preoccupied with death and all the, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like listening to it after uh, after the eleventh, I was like, Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he kinda he kinda just said he was gonna die on this album. It you was know, pretty like, in there. It- it it yeah. kind of
1: ties into the stuff we're going to be talking about with Warren Zevon a little later in some weird, like in kind of a weird way. Um, yeah, Zevon oh, yeah. put so out it's kind a, of
2: a similar situation there. Yeah, Zevon put out a,
1: an album in a similar fashion that was actually yeah. the album after the one we're we're talking about. It was um, two albums after actually. That's true. There were there were two albums afterwards. One was important, yeah, but it
2: was it was the same sort of thing. Like he knew it would be his mm-hmm. last. Piece yeah.
1: Of work. We'll we'll that get to right. that. I've I've. Oof. Yeah. Okay. I spent a while reading about him uh, earlier yeah, today.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, as far as Blackstar goes, um, I think it's a really, really interesting piece of work. Um, and it's, it's one of these things where, you know, a lot of the time you can talk about the music itself and then talk about the context around it. And with something like this, it's kind of hard to even, yeah, separate the two at all. Yeah, they don't really you know? separate easily. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah. That being said, though, I think. Um, like, on a conceptual level, this uh, album is, is very, really, really interesting because that's, you know, not a place you get to explore with a lot of art when someone's actually, like, on the verge of death writing what they know is going to be their last piece of work. Mm. But uh, on a musical level, too, like, it was I thought it was really cool, really um, interesting the way he executed everything. Like, I thought all the... Uh, um, there was stuff leading up to it where he was saying he was, like, he had been influenced by um, some modern musicians like he mentioned kendrick lamar and i think he mentioned death grips once Mm -hmm. and uh like those aren't like you know blatant influences when you listen to it but you can kind of um you can kind of see hints of it uh i don't know i just think it's cool that he uh was like continuing to move forward with his sound and continue to try new things and i think it paid off really well with this one definitely um yeah. yeah for sure i think it's i think it's a very very good album
0: yeah, I, I um, like that his last album was another album still trying to push the envelope. Yeah, well, that was that,
1: that was something that he that he always did, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that—and that, I, I was planning to save this whole discussion for news, but we're here, so we might as well. That was something that Bowie
2: always yeah. did, was that he was yeah. never comfortable well, with Well, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it now, because I'm going to talk about it, because I, I listened to a lot of David Bowie mm-hmm. yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, Bowie was never comfortable where he was musically. Like he would define a sound and then he would push past it, and that was something he did over and over and over again. Like, yeah. and it, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it's like, and with how how his sort of characters fit into that.
2: Yeah. Really, really going back on it, like he really has one of the most impressive discographies of like any mm-hmm. uh, anyone you could put in like the classic rock world. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. Um, just huge variety. Like just. Album after album of, like, totally different and totally classic shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he what was, the fuck? Like, how did he do this? Many? He
1: was, he was uh, one of those artists who, like, would look at a genre and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wonder if I could do yeah. that. And then he would do it, and it would be distinct. Like, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't sound like a derivative thing. It would sound like Bowie's take on whatever yeah. he was he was approaching, which is really so, cool, really fascinating. Um, yeah. And the. We could probably do a solid like three month podcast uh, on Bowie if we wanted to. I think pretty easily. A long
0: time talking about Bowie.
1: Um, But yeah, really remarkable stuff. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the big things. um, I agree, Black Star. The the title track is definitely my favorite track on the album. I think it's an outstanding track. The whole album is pretty great. Um, When he died, the thing that one of the things that got me the most was I realized, um, I think when he was my age, is when he invented Ziggy Stardust. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't think about that shit. Which now. is yeah, yeah. one of those things you, you try never to do, and then as soon as you do, you're just like, God, I'm doing nothing with my life. So I had one of those moments, mm-hmm. and then I was really sad about David Bowie again. Um, but then the other one is on the fourth song, Sue, or in a season of crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it was... That he was saying Sue for half of the song. I thought he was saying dude. And the song starts with Sue, I got a job, but it sounds like Dude, I got a job. And I laughed so hard the first time. I, I got a job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's Yeah, so, so cool. I, that was kinda of nice little uplifting moment for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all I listened to, though. Um, Blackstar was an outstanding album. I'm pleased that his 25th and final album yeah, was still album, exceptional. Yeah.
1: So I I personally listened to a pretty fair amount of Warren's Evon, which we'll talk about later, and the albums that you guys suggested to me or or mentioned to me. Uh, so um, the Erika Badu EP... Or mixtape rather, and uh, and an album that I'm sure Camden will mention by uh, by Anderson Park. Um, oh yeah, Park, Park, <laughs> uh So I don't really have anything to add to this segment, but I, I'll if we want to talk about the Anderson Park album, we yeah. can.
0: I totally also listen to that, so I'd like. To yeah, know.
1: what was it? What was it called? Um, fuck, I have Malibu. it on my phone. Malibu.
2: Malibu <laughs> <laughs> So, what it should have been called Malibu would be a pretty good album name. <laughs> <Yeah>, uh, Malibu <laughs> She
0: got
2: that Malibu So, like my,
1: <laughs> I really love Anderson Pox's voice. It's it's really yeah, unique. Yeah. He's got a very distinct flow. It's really cool. It's it's nice seeing more weird rappers, mm-hmm.
2: right? No, and it's cool because uh, uh, he's got you know he sings really well and he's um, and he's an interesting rapper too and he like he combines the two styles in his sort of odd voice really he's, well he's and done. he like he like kind of flows back and forth between them with like a lot of ease like that, like I shades
1: of 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 andre though is yeah, kind of yeah. what i got was shades yeah. of andre 3 um, <laughs> I, like i wish that there had been a little bit more hip hop more rap at the beginning of the album, but that's, like, my one criticism. Like, I right. like his, his flow a lot. I like the sound of his voice. I think he's funny. Um, I fucking loved his his spot on, on... We've talked about it before. I loved his spot on Documentary
2: 2.5 on Crenshaw. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best features on there. And, like, he's got good stuff. Yeah, so, like, last year he kind of... Um, so he's had one album, or one studio album under the name Anderson pock before. It was called Venice. That came out, I think, I believe in 2014. Um, yeah, last year he just kind of, like, started blowing up and getting on all these, you know, these huge albums. Like, he's all over Compton. Um, like, one of the main featured guys on there. You know, I think he's on, like, seven tracks on that album. Jesus. Um, yeah, and then he's on... A, on the games album and, um, there's a bunch of other ones. Like he was on the, the mad lib and blue one. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like, but he was like doing just popping up on everything
1: and doing a great job on
2: all of it. Yeah. And doing like really, yeah. Like really memorable bits on everything, you know? And and, every time I heard one, I was like, wow, I I really like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to, to what he releases next. But yeah. So, um, Yeah, I was kind of expecting more of, uh, the R&B style stuff on this, which is, which is, um, what it's mainly centered on. But yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, it doesn't, um, it kind of stays within a a particular sound. Um, but I think it plays around with, with that style really well throughout the album. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's a really, uh, like, you know, pretty, pretty impressive early career piece of work for for that guy yeah Um,
0: he knows the sound and he does a good job of saying not safely in it but really just playing into it yeah I I don't
2: know know. I think he's probably gonna be getting pretty popular pretty soon
1: he's gonna be someone to watch yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. especially like I think he he did some really smart stuff with all
2: those features last year I think yeah no he's, he's yeah that yeah like he built he built the excitement for this really well yeah yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, I I kind of wonder what the story behind that is. Like, I don't I don't know how he ended up all over the Dr. Dre album. You know, that'd be kind of interesting to hear. Um, yeah, and, uh, actually, that's it's, you know, it's a weird that thing that always happens with the Dr. Dre albums. There's always like the one up and coming guy, Uh and I mean they 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 had other other rappers on there, but he was he was kind of like with how you know prominently he was featured. He was kind of like. The equivalent to, you know, what, like, Snoop Dogg was on The Chronic, or, uh, or what uh, Eminem was on, uh, 2001, um, because that's, like, back then, that was, you know, before those guys had blown up and, like, really come on, you know, this well-established rapper's album, and they're all over the place, and they're, like, building up hype for, uh, for their first big release, I don't know, he, yeah, he was definitely the guy in that position with how many, how many tracks he had, uh, contributions in on Compton, but, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I was pretty into it. I was pretty happy with that album. Good start to the year. well. Good yeah, it's music. It's actually it's actually been Really nicely. Yeah, yeah. Not a uh, people staying alive. Why? We're
1: we're gonna get to it, man. I think we've got a compelling case for never stopping the sounding board. <laughs>
2: yeah, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like so far there have been a couple. Um, like with that one and, um, Blackstar, like it's, it's still like really early in the year and I like both those albums a lot. I have another one I just listened to today that I really, really dug. Um, kind of, did you have any other ones you want to talk about? I don't. Josh, uh, I you one? are
1: okay to take it away because everything I've got left to talk about is going to come up when we talk about Zvon. Okay.
2: Um, so the other new album I listened to from this week was an album called Everything Sacred it's a collaborative album between James Yorkston who is a Scottish folk singer uh Suhail Yusuf Khan who is a Indian sarangi player and a singer um from New Delhi and then John Thorne who is a uh double ba- uh you know like stand up bass player and usually plays in a jazz band so it's <laughs> it's a really cool um it's one of those things because like sometimes when people come together and like oh we all play like different styles of folk music um and we're gonna play it together like sometimes it comes up as really cheesy and uh doesn't really work what was the uh the famous
1: yeah. uh country folk supergroup? who am I thinking of that 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 did the song that Cat Power covered that was awesome Silver the, Highwaymen. Yes. the Highwaymen
2: yes yeah. Highwaymen yeah great example of that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what was that like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson mm-hmm. and uh uh, Not good. I don't remember who else it was. I think it might have been. Um. Anyways, yeah this this album turned out really really well. It's it's a really cool style. Uh, the sarangi playing in particular is beautiful on this album, and it fits in really well with the uh, more like traditional style folk stuff that uh um that this James Yorkston guy is doing. Um, but I don't know. It, it feels like. It feels like one that kind of arose naturally, instead of them just trying to be like, "Oh, let's try to make this weird thing." Like it sounds like you know they probably met um, on you know like various tours where they were playing the same things, and like it sounds like they actually just spent a lot of time jamming together, and then this sort of came up naturally. Nice. Uh, that's I mean, like it's, that's, it's
1: a, it's that's kind like of what a, I like to see. Um,
2: yeah, I, I felt that way about uh, them, Crooked Vultures. Yeah, like, like the like I was like when you listen to like the interplay between all of them is really really nice. Like mm-hmm. you can tell they are really good at like playing with each other.
1: Okay, um, cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah. It's a really it's a really cool album if you're in for like some uh, uh, some cool instrumentals. Really, yeah, really beautiful instrumentals and some sort of um, more unconventional folk style stuff. And I would definitely recommend that. It's called Everything Sacred. Uh, it's under the name. It's under just their last name, so it's under Yorkston Thorn Khan. Um, it's probably easier to find just by the album name. But uh, cool, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, will definitely check that out. Um, yeah,
0: what uh, uh, what Bowie it. did
2: you listen it's to? It's definitely Ted Core. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Camden. What Bowie albums did you listen to? Oh man, I listened to a lot of Bowie shit. Uh I went all over the place. Like I listened to a lot of the, the old classic ones. Um I think the first one I went back and listened to was Ziggy Stardust. Um cause that's always been a obvious favorite of mine. Not not a, a controversial opinion at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I listened to a bunch of other ones. I listened to, uh, Station to Station, to Heroes, to Low, uh, Lodger, um, Space Oddity, was one, was Man Who Sold the World. Like, I was just listening to it back to, not, not, not really in chronological order, but I, I listened to most of the, uh, the ones from like the, his classic period in the 70s. And then I was trying, I tried to listen to some of the newer ones too. So I went back and listened to, uh, The Next Day, which is the one he released right before a couple years before Blackstar. Um and this one it came out after uh, you know, basically ten years without an album from David Bowie. Mm, so really cool. I listened to that and that's a really fucking good album. I can't believe I didn't really like spend time with that when it came out.
0: Yeah, I never actually really listened to that one. I listened to yeah, it. It's definitely stars. worth it.
2: And I like so yeah, so one of the things I, I uh Try to spend some time with his more recent period, like from like the the late nineties um, till now, because mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of that is you know a lot of those those albums weren't as high profile as his classic work. But I had heard that you know his his like level of quality throughout his career has just been like really consistent. So I'm like, oh, I should check some of this out. And there's definitely some some interesting stuff in there. Like there's periods where he's messing around with like. Uh, weird types of electronic music and some of his albums in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, really just like, like we were saying before, like continually experimenting with his sound. Um, I listened, I really, really liked the album, uh, Heathen, which came out in 2002. Uh, let's see if I pull that one up. Yeah, so this was like the one right before the last album released before he, like, basically, uh almost retired from making music like i think a lot of people thought he had retired um
0: yeah
2: man i don't know it's uh it's cool because it sounds like it sounds like classic bowie but he's still working in all kinds of new sounds and it just sounds like uh it's it's one of those like late career albums where it just sounds like someone who's in command of you know the type of music they make like they just know how to fucking lay Yeah. Them, you know <laughs> I don't know. It's it's yeah, really for good. Sure. And I like. I had never. I had never really heard anything about this album in particular. Yeah, but so I found myself really loving it mostly because the. Uh, I think I picked it initially out of all of the ones from this period because the album cover is all creepy. It's the one where he has like the the white eyes. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. So like yeah. Down and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't yeah.
0: ever heard yeah. anyone mention that album.
2: Dude, it's good. It's really okay. good. <laughs> yeah, well, check good it out. But I've I've heard that. uh you know, just like reading stuff online about like what what um, people's favorite Bowie albums and stuff. But I've heard really good things about the one that came out after this, too. Reality, which I need to check out. But yeah, I'm planning on checking out some of the uh, more of the ones from this period because I haven't heard most of them. Um, okay. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's crazy. Like I was saying before, it's just crazy how much uh, incredible music this guy released, especially in the '70s when you look how close those album release dates are. It's like mm-hmm. one after the fucking other like sometimes he's like he really fucking heroes and low in the same year which is unbelievable to me <laughs> those um, are
0: pretty outstanding <laughs> albums
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what the fuck man
1: <laughs> let's take one more minute and get back to it This is The Sounding Board, and we are here to talk about Warren Zevon and his album, Life Will Kill ya. This is Zevon's an interesting dude, and and I like him a whole lot. Um, And I, I actually have a lot to kind of like background and intro who this guy is, and I, I don't know how much uh, either of you know about him. I know, Camden, that you're familiar, and I, I know that, Ted, you hadn't really listened to him before we did this is that right
0: yep
1: okay uh so i think to understand Warren Zevon, you kind of need to understand where he came from a little bit like his mom was some mormon lady but his dad was a jewish some bookie mormon. <laughs> some mormon lady that's what i've got for you his dad was a jewish bookie who was like the a number one crony of mickey cohen does that mean anything to you guys?
2: No. No. Mickey what Cohen was
1: a super famous mobster. Okay. Yeah, who ran a shit ton of of rigged gambling things and and Zevon's dad William was Cohen's like number 1 bookie and actually the best man at his first w- wedding. So when he's young, they move to Fresno, California, and Zevon starts getting into music and like you've got to understand when you listen to this you hear like Folk rock but Zivon kind of started by studying under Stravinsky like when he was 13. He would, That's crazy. He would yeah he would get tutored in in classical by Stravinsky. Um, so at 16 his parents divorce and he drops out of high school and moves from California to New York to become a folk singer. So he isn't immediately successful right he, so he spends a bunch of time working as a session musician and a jingle writer before he releases his first album in 1969 uh called Wanted Dead or Alive. Now that record was produced by Kim Fowley. Do you guys know who that is?
0: Nope.
1: Kim Fowley is like one of the secret like behind the scenes men who makes music. He's like a super culty figure uh who is responsible for a ton of huge pop in the 60s and and also like um Last year we talked a little bit about the, the, uh, the band The Runaways and like the memorials that some of the, the women involved with that were putting out. Kim Fowley was their manager and the man who apparently sexually abused the shit out of some of the people in that in that band. Uh, he's also the guy who is responsible for, you know how you wave a lighter at a concert. That's because of him. like he he used that he like introduced that technique to keep John Lennon calm when he was coming out on stage. Just super weird stuff. Um, so he puts out Zivon's first album. It's not very successful. Uh, so Zivon spends the first half of the 1970s playing keys for the Everly Brothers. and then when they break up, he tours with with each of them separately. But his career's not taking off at all. Like it's still kind of a shit show. So he gets super frustrated and is like, fuck this, and moves to Spain in the summer of nineteen seventy-five. And starts living in a bar in exchange for being like the the, the nightly bar act. Now, this bar is owned by and I uh, no joke, a former like gun for hire mercenary named David Lindell, who worked okay. with him to compose <laughs> to compose Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner like super famous even yeah. track. So that fall he ends right. up moving back to LA and he uh, he's living with Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham and working with Jackson mm-hmm. Brown on his first major album his self-titled Warren Zevon uh First major label album. And so he's got himself on it. He's got Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, some of the Eagles, Carl Wilson, Linda Ronstadt, and Bonnie Wright. Most of whom I recognize in a couple of of, names, which I I don't, but they were listed. So I, yeah, Yeah. there are a lot of really high profile rockers. Um, And, and so he puts together this. album. Carl Wilson's on here too. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> he puts together this album and, like, kind of becomes a major part of the, the sort of, like, post, uh, post Dylan Jody Mitchell defined, like, folk music era. And his album isn't super successful, uh, but later when, uh, the Rolling Stone put out their first edition of the record, the record guy, D- they call it a masterpiece. And this album's kind of crazy and super dark. It's like about, about heroin junkieism, outlaw ballads, the weird fucked up place that like Hollywood and like the music and arts in LA is and his own like worsening alcoholism. Um, so he puts that out and it's, it's not huge, and then his next album, uh, Excitable Boy, is where he really starts to get traction, and that's like that's where a ton of the songs that people know as for four come from, like Werewolves yeah, of it's London. That's pretty much all of them. Yeah, yeah. Werewolves of London is is from there. Yeah. <laughs> Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, Excitable Boy, a bunch of them. Not not all of them. There are a few others that like are from other things, but that is like the big Zevon album. And it's also really kind of what defined his style and what made him unique, which is like that really deadpan, like frank, honest, dark sense of humor that he like kind of uses to glue together political criticism, like geopolitical criticism and narrative stories, right? Just this really weird form that kind of persisted for his whole career, um... I actually kind of want to fast-forward now and not go through all of his albums, because I've taken a long time to kind of give you the setup. But suffice to say, the dude lived. He worked with a ton of prominent artists, he played a ton, put out a lot of awesome albums, and then had a ton of major crises where, like, his life went to shit, and he kind of fell off the face of the earth and then came back. So, like, the first time one of his albums didn't do super well... And his record label dropped him, but they didn't tell him about it. He just, like, saw it in, like, the odds and ends section of a music paper and was like, holy shit, what? And, like, his life just immediately fell, uh, fell apart. What like, what, album, what album did that happen with? Oh, man, I don't have it listed here. I could look it up, um, but it was... We can come back to it. Um, okay. But, so, he... He's like, his, his, he was engaged at that point and that falls apart. He, uh, he like returns to the, like, he had already checked himself into rehab once and like gotten clean and he immediately goes back to like super, super heavy drinking and like just his life goes straight to shit. Like way down, down, downtown. Um, it was after, uh, the envoy okay yeah asylum records dropped him and didn't actually tell him about it he just found it in the rolling stones yeah (laughs) so he goes back into serious alcoholism checks himself into a rehab clinic in minnesota like his his engagement dissolves he drops out of music and like only exists to play live solo shows and and like combat his alcoholism and drug addiction like (laughs) that's all he does and and then like some weird collaboration projects with like Mike Mills from REM and and some other folks. Like there's a project called Hindu Love Gods, uh, that what? that had like a single single that never charted. Um, huh. but the people involved in was it was that got, like a was that like a super group? Uh, it was Bill Berry, Peter Buck, and Mike Mills, and Warren okay. Zevon. So when Zevon comes back out of his like self-imposed exile in '87, he signs with Virgin Records, and that's the band that he uses is Bill Berry Buck and uh, Mike Mills, and that's when when uh, he releases "Sentimental Hygiene," which is like "Detox Ma- Mansion," "Bad Karma," uh, "Reconsider Me," things like that. The the kind of the other. Uh, and that's
2: basically Warren's Zevon, backed by REM. Yeah,
1: <laughs> pretty much. And like they yeah. go, they they go out and do a bunch of jam sessions, and like just play a bunch of Bo Diddley, Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson, and Prince. Uh, and then release it as a Hindu Love Gods album. Um, Hindu Love Gods. Is Hindu. Awesome. Lo- it's, it's a really good name. Yeah,
0: it's a fantastic name.
1: Fantastic name. So his next album is also a commercial failure and Virgin Records drops him. Uh and he's he's almost immediately picked up again, but one thing kind of leads to another and he starts kind of dropping off his dropping off the map again, right? For the second time. Um and it isn't and and he uh he releases an album uh or plays on an album in 98, but from but but after '95 when he releases Mutineer, he uh, he kind of vanishes. Uh, it, it gets the worst sales of his career. Like the only thing really notable about Mutineer is that Bob Dylan played Mutineer a lot on one of his tours uh, a little later. Um, the song, the song, yeah, okay, the title track. Uh, so five years later, he comes back again with this album. Life will kill you. Right. And Life Will Kill You is kind of a weird thing. Um, It's a it's it's kind of his personal investigation into mortality. Right. Like in interviews around this, he described his phobia, like lifelong phobia of doctors. Like he's just terrified of them. So he barely ever gets checked. And he releases this album. And at this point, as far as I can tell, like I looked into some interviews, things like that. And, and you know, this comes out and people are like, dude, are you okay? Are you healthy? And he's like, you know, yeah, I I think so. I haven't been told anything is wrong. And two years later, like, his dentist tells him, like, dude, you've got a chronic cough. You've got, like, weird sharp pains. You need to see a doctor. And he goes in and is diagnosed with interoperable cancer. Like, it almost seems like he, he knew something was wrong when he released Life Will Kill Ya!, and at that point, he figures that treatments, they might prolong his life, but it's it's a lot like the Bowie thing, right? They might make him live longer, but they'll stop him from doing what to do, what he wants to do. So he throws up the double middle finger and is like, fuck that. And instead starts working on his last album, uh, which is another one that I almost picked called The Wind. And in September of 2003, he dies.
2: Um, <laughs> and, yeah, this is another thing where it's like not, it was pretty much right after the album yeah. came out.
1: Yep, pretty much immediately afterwards, and like I pulled a couple quotes because I just wanted to give you guys kind of an idea of who this guy was, right? Like he was a super frequent guest on Letterman, like all the time. Letterman loved him. He uh, really? he, he yeah he filled in as like the musical director for Letterman's uh, stuff, uh, and and like for for the last Letterman show that he did that he did he was Letterman's only guest. Like, it was just an hour of him and his band playing music and him talking with Letterman. And, like, there are just some great lines that came out of that that are, like, really, really darkly funny. Like, uh, he like they, they asked him, like, kind of what his, like, you know, he had gotten diagnosed. They asked him, like, what was in his head. And he was like, well, you know, I might have made a tactical error in not going to a physician for 20 years. <laughs> 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 And so, like they, they add, like Letterman says, you know. Well, now that you've been diagnosed, now that you know that you don't have long to live, have you learned something? Have you, have you, do you know something more about life and death than you did up till now? Now that it's all so real, and he offered this incredibly famous Warren Zevon line, which is like, what is Warren Zevon's life advice? And his, what what he said was, enjoy every sandwich. (laughs) like he was just this kind of bizarre like darkly funny guy who who just just really interesting um and he was always super hesitant to talk about his work in interviews like you look in interviews and he'll talk a little bit about himself or about the things he likes and dislikes but he doesn't really like talking about his own work and i i found this great quote that was um I want to find the least obnoxious way I can of not participating too much in discussion of my work. I believe that artists are essentially idiots whose ideas are painfully innocent or dangerous. I'm not going to try to give anyone any answers. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much to say about Zivon. He was this bizarre, awesome, like, super, super smart, super funny guy who, like, was d- deeply troubled, like... Dude could write symphonies, and he did. Like, he could bang out a symphony. But for him, like, it seems like music was was kind of almost a coping mechanism in a lot of weird ways. Like, he would write a symphony, but he wouldn't necessarily care if it got produced. Or, and, and this album, Life Will Kill You, is a great example. He would write songs about things that he was trying not to think about, Right. Like, this dude who avo- who avoided doctors for 20 years, like, and didn't want to think about the fact that, like, somewhere inside he knew that something was deeply wrong, put out this album about it. And and um, oddly, this is an album that he wrote for, like, six people that he wasn't actually planning to release. Uh, he, he did release it later, but originally it was written to share with just a couple of those major figures in his life, like Letterman and, like... Uh, um jackson brown and a couple other people it's i find it a really fascinating album from that perspective just a really interesting thing that it's this album that he wrote before he knew he was going to die but like you listen to you listen to my shit's fucked up Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you know that he knew yeah (laughs) right like i don't know i i find yeah even if he
2: doesn't even if he doesn't know it's you know, what particular thing is on he just knows that his shit's fucked up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Something's deeply wrong. Or like, don't let us get sick and then mm-hmm. two years later, like cancer. Like he knew. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no disguising that. And I, I just find it this really weird, fascinating thing. And I know it's not necessarily the type of music we normally lean towards here and not uh not not super uh, exciting in in a musical adventurism sort of way, but I think I thought it was something worth talking about, so I wanted to to bring it to you guys and kind of see what you guys thought.
2: Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you got you got really choppy at the end there, so I didn't see here The end. I, I wanted to see what you guys cool. thought. Okay. Yeah. That makes. sense. So that big silence was me waiting to hear what you guys thought. <laughs> Ted Camden, go for you it. Go first. <laughs> oh, I want to go first. Yeah. Okay. Um. I was I was a pre- cuz I've heard some of this album before cuz you, you've you've shown me tracks from this um previously. Yeah. Most memorably my shit's fucked up. I remember that song. That's <laughs> a hard one to forget. It is. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like I would definitely focus on definitely the, you know the interesting thing about this album is uh sort of the context of his life around it and you know how it drove him to wrote about the things he's you know, talking about because all yeah, all the songs are sort of, if not like preoccupied with death, like kind of preoccupied with how everything's just kind of like weird and shitty in the world. I don't know, yeah, but and, not and... not in like not in like a super like completely cynical way. Like it, like every everything is is you know has that layer of humor mm-hmm. on it.
1: Yeah, um, and and it's all. I think it, I think the the way that I would. I would, I would say it is that it's all kind of universally dark in a weird yeah. way. Like it's, 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 it's yeah. like the prototypical example of, of that thing that we all love that is happy sounding sad music.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of us, a lot of us pretty like, yeah, like, like a lot of it can be pretty morbid, but it's, uh, um, it's kind of, yeah, it some like, it seems like kind of a tongue in cheek look at, you know, those sort of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like sort of realizing that you're gonna die, and yeah, it, it's that everything's not really yeah going the way you wish it. Maybe <laughs> you wish it had at that point in your life. I don't know. It, it's it's. Um,
1: I think it, I find it interesting because it it feels tongue in cheek, but it also feels like there is a real darkness there.
2: You know. Yeah. Me. No,
1: for sure. For um, sure. and and I think some parts of this album are so fucking funny. Like yeah. I I love the track "Life Will Kill You." Yeah. I just from the start the, the like you've got an invalid hair, haircut is a great line like mm-hmm. uh, you'd better leave town before your nickname expires yeah just really really clever clever stuff that he does um anyway sorry for cutting you off go ahead
2: oh no you're good um yeah I, I enjoy the album um I think like what you're saying before like the, I don't think this is the most musically interesting of his stuff. Like it's pretty, and it kind of makes sense when you. I didn't know that about the background of it being written for you know just to for him to show to some like close friends, uh. And that kind of makes sense. Like they they're they're pretty like stripped back songs, and um, like it seems like it's a very you know confessional album. So I can I can imagine it being used in that you know that context. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I think I think some of it like some of it's really memorable. Uh, there, there are definitely a few tracks I, I really, really like. Um, I like the opening track a lot. I, I was in the house was, was when really the house burned song. down. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Opening closing tracks are really good. Don't let us get sick is a really, really, um, really pretty song. It's a um, weird one for him. It's like almost yeah. kind
1: of this weird hymn.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I was, you know, I found myself getting more interested in, sort of thinking about. You know his headspace when he was making this more than I was interested in the actual music. If that makes any sense.
1: Oh no, I I think um, it totally does. Actually, yeah. Um, that was why I, I picked this album was because yeah. of the headspace. Like, I because I thought a lot about which album to go with. Right. Like I thought a lot right. about going with Excitable Boy, which is like the defining Zevon album. And yeah. I thought about going with his original. And I thought about going with the Wind, um, the album he wrote when he when he knew officially.
2: Yeah, that he was... no, I, I had meant to listen to that one, but I never, I didn't get around to that one. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to check that one out. Yeah. Because that one has, a, like, he kind of got everyone to guest on that album too, right? Like, <laughs> that's one that has, like, shitloads of people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe, I think so. Uh, I, think I think so, because I think, you know, since he knew that, like, oh yeah, see, there's, like, r- yeah, it, there's, like, lists for each track.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Bruce, he...
2: Bruce Springsteen is on it, Dwight Yoakam is on it. Billy Bob Thor, what? what oh, dude, fuck? he Billy was Bob he Thornton, was like
1: really super done. close friends with Billy Bob Thornton because they really? they huh. both like they bonded because they lived in the same apartment building and they both had like freaky weird OCD tendencies. Like huh. Huh. Zev, like the most well known uh, like compulsion of Zevon's is that he would buy and hoard identical gray Calvin Klein T shirts. Okay, like <laughs> that's weird. That was just a, a thing that he did. But huh. like at the at the same time, he's just so fucking funny. Like when uh, his diagnosis came out to the media, and they asked him, like, "Is there anything that he wanted to do before he died?" He was like, "Yeah, you know, I want to live long enough to see the next Bond movie." Mm. He did, in fact. It was uh, it was I think Die Another Day. So maybe not worth it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah it worth it, one <laughs> oh man, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> one last fuck you from life. Yeah. It seems like he got a lot of
1: them along the way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems like he got a whole lot of them along the way. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I find, I find the headspace around this album, like oddly fascinating.
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's, I think it's an interesting, album, and, uh, I like, you know, I like the songwriting on it. Um, yeah, like my main complaint with it is, I like the the production of the album sounds like really dry, mm-hmm. uh, and I just kind of wish that was. It sounded like it was kind of like hashed out real quick. Yeah, and I I think
1: I I I think that probably had to do with it because like I I found stories of like him sitting in a in in a car with uh with um, man, I keep losing that name, uh, Johnson uh, Johnson, um. Jackson, Jackson Brown, Brown and just being and and like playing this room him and and him just and just being like you know I don't know what I'm gonna do with this like right,
2: right. so it, yeah and it makes sense in that it makes sense in that way it's kind of a uh, yeah that, I mean that does make it interesting that's like if yeah I just kind of wish things sounded a little richer but um, totally it's definitely got it's definitely got stuff you know you can hold on to anyway like it's it's more it's more about the the, uh, particular lyrics and like yeah. you know, it's, what he's talking about then he's a he's a, a
1: songwriter more than he like he's a talented musician but I think he's a songwriter yeah. more than anything like for sure he writes, sure. He writes bizarre weird cool things uh, for his, vocally just great great lyrics I don't know
2: I've got a soft spot for you've got an invalid haircut yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny um, yeah so so Ted I know Ted had a pretty negative reaction to this album. Of course Ted did.
0: <laughs> no, where were you at, Ted? Uh I hated it. I it gave me literally nothing. Really? Um, yeah, I I don't agree uh to the fact I don't see in any way this like as a sign for him dying. I I, I maybe it's I just don't read the lyrics the right way, but it, there's nothing in the Do album you read the could. lyrics at all, dude? They don't hint to it to me, uh, uh, they just did uh, you, I, did, I totally mm. get that they're sort of dark and they have a my my shit's then. fucked up, huh?
1: my shit's fucked up,
0: um, it just sounds like a i mean like I know plenty of reasonably healthy, depressed musicians that write songs to that exact degree okay, um, and it's a very common thing for them to put out songs, or maybe if I knew more of his discography and this stood out as an as a more dark album than any other, it would. But with the knowledge that this was an album and with you saying that this was an album of a dying man um, without him knowing it, I still didn't really see it. Um, Mm -hmm. I found all of the the lyrics to be really predictable and irritating. Um, Like uh, anytime I was listening to the songs, I could pretty much guess what was going to be said next more often than I'd like because it happens sometimes when you listen to music. But eventually, I get really sort of irritated about it. It just—it didn't do anything for me. Um, at any point, the first time I listened to it, I actually had to stop and listen to something else for a while to be able to sort of regroup myself. Um, it makes more sense, uh, knowing that this was a personal album that was kind of not intended to be released. It reminds me in that way of uh, Karen O's album she wrote for her husband, um, that got released it's not really easy to listen to because it's very kind of stripped back and cut down because there's not much production because there was never meant to be. And I could get that, but, um, yeah, nothing, nothing for me at all. I didn't mm-hmm. like the song. That's, I was bored that's interesting. Everything.
1: But, but it seems like you don't really have much of a soft spot for folk Americana. Like, uh, yeah, cause you had I a similar response. Folk, you said a similar Americana response folk. to, uh, to, to Bruce Springsteen. Um, yeah. It and, seems
0: to just be like the classic American style form. Yeah, do you not how do you
1: feel about Bob Dylan? I guess we've never talked about that.
0: Dylan I mean, Dylan's got a bunch of stuff that I really love. Um mm-hmm. uh, I haven't spent enough time with him to say one way or the other, but I've never felt a dislike to Dylan. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah 'cause this is this is the vein that, that Dylan kind of opened. Like mm-hmm. like like Zevon is is in a lot of ways like arguably someone who who can stand alongside him in that in that sort of Americana vein I would certainly argue for it uh I I think he he's kind of like I I think there are a couple uh really prominent Americana artists uh or or people that I would kind of call Americana artists that that stand in Dylan's shadow in a way that where like they'll never be the house name that Dylan is. And I think Tom Waits is, is one of those. And I think Warren's Yvonne is another. Um, but no, I, I think that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. It makes sense though. Cause if you don't really like Springsteen and if you don't like, it's, it sounds like you, you have some love for some of Dylan, but I, I don't know how, how deeply you, you go with that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, Dylan, I can't say cause I haven't spent enough time with, but mm-hmm. I've heard of Springsteen doesn't really ever do it for me. I love Tom Waits. Um, Tom is exceptional. He doesn't even feel the same to me as this. This just was nothing for me. That being said, Werewolf in London is an exceptional song. I love that mm-hmm. song. <laughs> really? That a song that That's I would fucking howl at. You, would prob- you
1: probably would love uh, Lawyer's Guns and Money and I'll Sleep When I'm Dead as well.
0: Yeah, I I downloaded Excitable Boy um, while you were talking about it because I will definitely give him more of a chance because I think this, this album isn't fair for me to...
1: This is a I weird one, for sure. This yeah, is a weird.
0: Yeah, it's
2: not really one. indicative of what everything else. Yeah, this is like, a weird one. Sure.
1: Like, yeah. uh, there, there are definitely similar sounds. I think uh, "I was in the house when the house burned down" is probably as close as it gets to a lot of what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. Uh, and and maybe maybe life will kill you. Although life will kill you is way more down tempo than a lot of what he does. Um, he talks about some. He talks about a lot of a lot of heroin and and alcoholism, <laughs> and. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it seems to me it seems kinda crazy that you can hear my shit's fucked up and not like hear a man that that somewhere knows something is wrong.
0: I mean, I could imagine a man who's who's de- dealt with depression and alcoholism and heroin, and
1: mm-hmm. I could
0: see that coming through the music, but it doesn't really do doesn't seem indicative of anything beyond really? that. To me. Yeah.
1: No, I I heard that track and I immediately was like, I need to know the context for this because like he just sounds, to me, he sounds so broken in it. Mm. In in just this weird way that I, I hadn't heard from from Zivon before.
0: It might also be because it's so late in the album that I was so kind of tired of it by then. Mm-hmm. Um, that but... could be it. Um, oh, no. Life Will Kill You is early. Just kidding. Nope. I oh, no, I'm
1: talking right. about my shit's fucked up
0: now. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, Life Will Kill You is the yeah, one that, that starts so close with the little to piano dirty riff. little religion. I fucking hated that song. <laughs>
1: Really, I thought dirty little religion was hilarious,
0: dude the one the worst ones for me for my next trick, I'll need a volunteer. oh, I thought that was great. I fucking hated that song so dude, much.
1: dude that is that is like I the actually, most c- cynical like
2: oh, okay, go ahead Sorry. i I kinda agree I kind of agree with Ted on that one. That was the one that stuck, struck me as like overly corny. it's really so i cheesy. I thought that
1: was like this this yeah. really the way I read it was was like. This dude talking about how he fucks everything up. But right. that was kind of my read on it. And I thought it was really fun. No, I
2: got that from it too. I just thought yeah. the execution on that one in particular was like... Mm-hmm. Kind of... Didn't, sure. didn't really come off well to me. Yeah. Sure.
1: I thought it was I thought it was really amusing. Uh, but Dirty Little Religion was your least favorite, huh? No. I just... For my or... next trick, I need a volunteer. <laughs> okay, <for> second <laughs> least, least, least favorite. Just,
0: definitely. <laughs> Um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but that being said, honestly, they're all pretty close. I, I didn't <laughs> yeah.
2: like any of them. Like n-
0: nothing. There was no part Riddle. in this album where I paused and was like, maybe I'm wrong. Like it was, it was a flat zero for me.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, a zero. I mean, 10 a I'm, I'm here... zero scale. It was a I'm... flat Six. Oh, jeez. I was like, man. Not a zero. Yeah. It was like a six. I don't even remember the last time I've heard a zero. <laughs> uh
1: that that jet album that, that um pitchfork posted a video of a monkey ping into its own mouth for. <laughs> Did you hear that album? No. But I heard that they
2: gave it a zero.
0: <laughs> pitchfork. Right, but I'm talking about I'm talking about plays. I'm talking
2: about zeros never mind. Yeah. You're talking about your zeros. Gotcha. I'm not talking about Pitchfork to prove zeros. Yeah, they're
0: so silly. Mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: Yeah, no, it not a zero, it but it's it struck me as average all the way around. Um, okay. But that being said, as you said, it's a sp- like a very particular album for him. So I will definitely check out a different one. But I'm you not know, expecting he, anything.
1: He may just not be your thing, especially if possible. you don't like Springsteen and and you're not huge on on Americana. Um, but I I find him a really interesting dude, and yeah, just this really weird, dark sense of humor that I that really appeals to me. In a, and I uh, in a
0: lot of ways, humor. like any dark humor is my favorite thing. It just nothing. <laughs> All right,
1: <laughs> no man, you you are you have every right to your opinion,
0: totally. And I I'd much prefer to like it, frankly. I like liking things, but it's just sadly I am not on the boat of likers. <laughs> All right, could be a better name for that, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure the boat of Likers is, is what it's called. Yeah, it's the uh,
1: technical term. Yeah. That's, that's, it's what's written on the boat. Well, guys, yeah. <laughs> the boat of Likers. <laughs> Let's move from bad to worse. I'm pretty sure we should never stop doing the sounding board for even a week ever again.
0: Oh, why? <laughs>
1: because in the three weeks to a month that we've been gone...
2: Oh, you're right. That's totally what caused everything. Hey, man!
1: Correlation does not mean causation.
2: No, yes, it does. What makes a pattern. Correlation. Correlation Hey, hey, hey! This is not one. This is four.
1: All right. We lost fucking. All right. So we lost Lemmy right before the end of the year. We lost David Bowie right after the beginning of the year. We then immediately lost non-musician Alan Rickman, which is still a pretty big loss. I. Bye, Hans Gruber. Who will Who will stop John McClane Hans now?
0: Gruber, that's what you're gonna go to. Good choice. Well, my Jeez. favorite Christmas movie for the it decade. is the
1: best Christmas movie. It's so also good. it stands as a pretty fucking good movie. That's hilarious. Uh, I mean, it was like if we're going for the the mass appeal here, it was that or Harry Potter.
0: For sure. No, totally go with Die Hard.
1: Um. So. Also.
2: Natalie Cole, that was recent too. Yeah, Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole died. Oh shit. And uh no. Glenn yeah, Fry. You're right,
0: and Celine Dion's husband. Come on, yep. guys.
2: And uh or,
1: like original <laughs> guitarist for the Eagles. Yeah. Glenn uh Glenn God. Fry died today. Well, Monday. So yeah, we've been gone for a couple weeks. We've lost a ton of big names, and I don't think twenty sixteen is a good year
0: for for classic for rock. That's all I'm alive. gonna say. They're all getting too old
1: or or my my favorite theory is the one that reeves uh threw up, which was God is starting a talent agency
0: <laughs> that's a good one yeah I like the uh yeah, we're on the exactly. wrong side of the what was it wrong side of the fucking oh what's it called? When everyone dies, no but idea. all the, the people that die are the ones go to heaven. Rapture. The rapture, we're on the wrong side of the rapture. They don't rapture.
2: die, dude. They get raptured.
0: I, yeah, yeah, raptured. Sorry, where their clothes are all over the place.
2: I miss people getting raptured. Yeah, raptured so people just disappear. <laughs> yep, they're
1: just gone.
2: So when you go when you go to heaven, you go in the nude. <laughs> heaven you don't need weird. no clothes there, dude. They give you clouds. That's why, Yeah, man. That's why heaven is baller as fuck. Yep. You just walk oh, naked all the time. Also because David Bowie's, <laughs> well... Yeah, you can hang out with David Bowie. Now. You know, and shitloads of other people. For know. sure. David Bowie's just one of them.
1: <sighs> anyway, it's been... <laughs> it's been a... Why have so many people died?
0: Uh, it sucks. Circle of life and shit. It's pretty lame.
2: It I think sucks. a lot of I think a lot of deaths happen around this time of year. Yeah, every year, it's when it usually happens. I think it's like pretty high, you know, high frequency in like the uh, months around Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the it's the winter months, man. Yeah. I hear Alaska is pretty prime for suicide, like primo suicide country.
0: Yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. Uh, more yeah, than yeah, twice you want, the national average.
2: If you want, if you want your suicide fix, Alaska, kind of here, it's that's it's the place, place to be. To be. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.
0: Nice high note there, guys. Yeah, I think that's
1: the news we've got. I think we should just proceed straight into... Uh... Yeah, the
0: news. A bunch of people
1: died. Yeah. <laughs> guys, let's talk Let's talk about the sounding board and what it means to us. Let's talk about what we're doing with it. Um, we're adding a new segment. We're adding a new once-monthly special where oh. instead of one of us idiots picking an album, we have... We have uh, two other idiots, Joey Hart and Robbie Chappell, who have picked like 25 albums and thrown them on a big fucking roulette wheel, and they're going to spin it once a month and tell us what we're listening to the next week. And it might be something you've heard before, or it might be something you've never heard, or it might be something like by Papa Roach, or it might be something good. (laughs) Is there a Papa Roach album? I don't
2: know. I haven't looked at the list yet. I would... I would laugh. When it would I be pretty that. funny That's though. Yeah. So, I I think I I think I gave that suggestion to Joy, where I was like you should really put some just like real shit pieces of Yeah, there's of like, really there's not, not like... much
0: terrible stuff on there. I was pretty pleased. I only saw yeah. like two or three that struck me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, my my yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I am so mad at Robbie that he put the Cheap Hooker's album on there. (laughs) Oh,
1: did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not sure we can do that because I'm not sure anyone else can listen to
0: it. So if it it gets pulled, we might have to put it
2: on Spotify, dude.
0: No, he can put it on. uh...
2: I'm not putting that shit on Spotify. (laughs) I'll put it on SoundCloud or something. Yeah. I'm not doing anything where I have to like. Pay to put it anywhere, because that album sucks ass. It's not easy <laughs> to listen to. Yeah, it's terrible. I
1: liked it, back when it was recorded. It's, I thought it was no, pretty great. It,
2: dude, it sounds like shit. Yeah, oh, it wasn't recorded well. It is, oh, it is, it is basically unlistenable. Wow. So,
0: they're going to yeah, spin that big I'm fucking so wheel.
1: <laughs> they're going to spin that big fucking wheel, and tell us what we're going to listen to, and then... They're gonna hop on the show once a month and join us and make this place a real fucking mess. Um yep. as as they intro the album, kinda let us know why it's on the wheel and then uh talk with us about it. So we're we're calling that well we don't have a name for that segment yet. Uh we I, call it what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Who the fuck a... put this on the wheel? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <that one. laughs> wheel the fuck. No, that's bad. Ooh. No. Ooh, uh, sign me up. About that. <laughs> <laughs> For
0: wheel the fuck. Your husband will <laughs> never know or
2: whatever those
1: cards uh, say. Um Yeah, I I don't wheel of misfortune because i mm, i don't know wheel of, that's, oh god
0: let's <laughs> not come up with the name now <laughs> yeah. i don't know this seems like a
1: perfect it. like sounding board brainstorming uh segment it's no, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's sounding board is those a
2: sounding board those are always the best things to listen to yeah. oh they're great though <laughs> they're so stupid i don't i don't know if they are <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go and know <laughs> yeah.
1: hey man Hey no, man, our lacquer discussion is one of our top-rated segments. Is
2: pretty exceptional. <laughs> but that's not trying to come up with a name for something. No, that's just okay. us telling
0: Camden how to get the best jobs. That's yeah. true. Lacquer it. <laughs> lacquer that shit. Lacquer, we'll lacquer call it that lacquer motherfucker. Wheel.
1: So what you what you do is you go into the place <laughs> where you want to get hired in the middle of the night, like break a window, fix it if you want, you don't have to, and then just lacquer yourself to the wall. <laughs>
2: done i've heard done. that the more the more accepted method is to walk into the place where you want to get a job you go up to the boss's office and then uh, pull your pants down yeah yeah whip it out yeah whip it out <laughs> and and slam it down <laughs> you didn't get yeah that. you slam it
1: you got like you got to get some sound I just, like i
2: couldn't remember if it was slamming or no you know, no no it can't day. be any it, it can't any leap, leap, or, like,
1: like any <laughs> weak shit like it can't be this it can't be it's got to be, like, there's got to be some force to it hitting the table. That's that's all.
0: And you can't flinch, either. That's no.
1: No, 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 no. you got yeah,
0: yeah. to deadpan
2: eye And you've yeah, got to keep... No, yeah, never take your eyes off. And
1: you've got to stay deadpan when you then staple it to the table so they can't make you leave.
2: Whoa. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't need a job that bad. I was trying, I was trying to keep this PG here. Let me just drop
1: some shit on the floor. Ugh. Yeah. Oh um, God. Yeah. So that's gonna be our new d- dumb segment. It's uh, the disaster hour, the disaster board, the uh, the cluster cluster. I don't fucking know. Um, anyway, we've already uh, had our first album chosen, and we're probably going to make them like record a GIF of the dumb wheel spinning and then throw <laughs> it on Instagram because I think that's okay. dumb, and I-, I like dumb things. Uh, but our album for next week, because we're starting this next week, because we're doing the last week of every month, and that's actually somehow the last Saturday of this month, um, or the last Monday. Of <laughs> <Saturday>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's we record on Saturday now. Uh, the last Monday I'm of deeply
2: confused
1: of this month. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, Immortal Techniques album, Revolutionary Part Two.
2: Anyone have any feelings about that album? I have heard some of this when I was in 8th grade. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say about it.
1: 8th grade jams. The 8th grading board.
2: Season. I hear it's hip hop.
0: That's It is hip hop. That's all I got.
2: Yeah, I don't know much about I I don't really recall much cuz I wasn't I didn't listen to a lot of hip hop back then. And I remember this being one of the artists that like people who didn't like any other hip hop would be like I listen to this guy because he's real hip-hop. Yeah,
1: Mortal Technique, the real deal.
2: Yeah. I, but So I don't really remember anything about it. So <laughs> I'm totally going in blind yep. here.
0: Oh, awesome. Me
2: too. I've never listened to this. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. First album is a blind album. Good. Yeah,
2: thanks, Joey.
0: <laughs> Was he the person who put that
1: on?
2: Yeah, oh. and he said, "I think he said he hasn't even listened to it since he was in middle school." Oh, great! I was like, "Why did you put it on there?" And he's like, it,
1: he's oh, like I great! I
2: just wanted to, I just wanted to put a random hip hop album." I'm like, gonna throw okay. some, I'm gonna
1: throw some like late era Dream Theater on that wheel.
0: What
2: the
1: hell? Hmm? Huh? I said, "I'm gonna throw some late era Dream Theater on that wheel." oh god damn it please don't (laughs) oh yes it'll be great Um,
0: that's what i want instead oh my god if that if that
1: spins up camden will be so mad
0: yeah he's so ready i'm not actually i don't want to have to listen to that album
2: for a week no i don't i don't want anyone to have to listen (laughs) for for any amount of time
1: (laughs) every now and then i still i like if when i when i'm when i'm single and like going on a date with someone, if you come up, I'm like, yeah, he sounds like a like super young Bob Dylan. Check this out. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> don't ever say that to anyone. Robbie said that the first and time he don't showed ever, us. <laughs> Don't well, ever show them anything I recorded.
1: That's, like, then. actually kind of what it sounds like. It's weird.
2: <laughs> Not, no. Robbie said it. I said it. I've heard like two other people say it. But what I'm saying is don't show people that shit because that shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it.
1: So. Oh, man. You remember when you You're sold
2: like, oh, it? I have this... Yeah. Don't. Yeah. When you meet someone, they'll be like, oh, I have this friend who plays music. Here's something he recorded <laughs> six years ago. Yep. Well, you don't have that... any fucking
1: new stuff other than your your fucking garage band recordings.
2: Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. All right,
1: guys. We've got a longer version of the, the Well end- see
2: back then I made the mistake of thinking I should be singing anything. <laughs> hey dude. Hey dude, I'm just gonna say
1: I love me a good, good, bad voice.
2: That's right, all. but that's not what my voice is. <laughs> like like now I have no interest in singing anything unless I was like um you know, just playing songs for fun or doing like karaoke. Or doing karaoke. Oh, or jumba well, jumbe. Yeah, hard and Jambi Jambi. Well, I won't fucking do karaoke, are, are so about, you, you've got me there. Our about starting my rap career.
0: Oh yeah, for sure that one.
2: Oh yeah, 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 dude. But you're that's just soulful just, singing. That's just, yeah, just, yeah, just work, just working on my mixtape, smooth
1: blues. Yeah. So guys, right. let's round it up. The sounding board is on social media now. We have a Facebook page. Who knows where that is?
2: On Facebook. Uh, right. What's the yeah.
0: fucking link? It's on face I don't fucking know. I probably you guys are the said worst. does anyone,
2: does anyone slash... use the actual Facebook address. Yeah, does no one does that. Yeah. It, it,
1: you could, if you just want to get there. Yeah. We've
2: got so many likes
0: compared to how many no, we've had, had cool on Facebook. Do it's dot com slash the sounding board podcast.
1: Yes. Facebook.com slash the sounding board podcast. We are also on Instagram at uh, something very similar. Uh, oh my the God. Sounding Board Podcast. It's... We are, we are also on Twitter at at not always music and uh, Tumblr at soundingboardpodcast.tumblr.com, which is still under construction, you'll be able to ask questions there if you want. Like that's a cool thing to do, or you could email us at at soundingboardpodcast@gmail.com and uh, send us an email, and we'll almost certainly read it on the show.
0: Yeah. Oh pretty yeah. Much guaranteed.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, we reached ninety-eight people this week on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's
1: weird. What do you think our conversion rate is of people who have like glanced at that thing and maybe liked it, and people who are like, maybe I should listen to an episode? Probably pretty right. low. Four. Hey, dude, if we got four. four, we're moving in the right direction. I know, dude. <laughs> I'm dying if, for four. If four people told one person each, we'd be we'd be moving. Shenmling. We'd have ten
0: listeners hustling.
1: Anyway, that's the sounding board, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Next week, Immortal Technique,
2: Revolution Part 2. Anything else? Revolutionary. 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 (laughs) And it's Volume 2. Okay, Revolution Volume 2. Revolutionary. Botched that one. Revolution. (laughs)
1: Revolution. Revolutionary Volume 2 by Immortal Technique. Join us. Come hang out. Uh, Robbie and fucking Joey will be here. It's going to be a fucking mess. It's going to be so great. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's the show. Guys, I'll talk to you later this week. All right. All, All right. right. Have a great night. See you later. Bye.